We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome to the RotoWire Fantasy Baseball Podcast brought to you by Rival Fantasy. Go to RivalFantasy.com or get the Rival Fantasy app. Today is Saturday, April 29th. I am Chris Crawford. With me today is Drew Silva. We'll wrap up a lot of the action from the early part of the weekend so far, get into the biggest headlines and stories from the latter portion of the week. And we're also going to do another fade or reel segment where we identify certain players atop the fantasy leaderboards at standard five by five categories and discuss whether we believe that's real or if it's not. Last week, Drew and Ryan did offense, so that was batting average, run scores, tomers, RBIs, and steals. This week, we'll take a look at the pitching categories, wins, ERA, whips, strikeouts, and saves. We're going to talk about saves. But saves. first, yeah, saves. We're going to talk about some headlines. And Ryan, or I almost, I knew it. I, I have called Ryan Drew and Drew Ryan the last two times. It's not great, folks. Uh, Playoff what's hockey's also, taking it out of you, man. Sorry. Oh, dude, it's it's destroyed me. I am, uh, that and the Seahawks drafting another running back in the second round has made me, and the Mariners not being very good, has made me very, very weak in these last few days. Unfortunately, we got some bad fantasy news to start with. Jacob DeGrom left Friday night's start with forearm tightness. He threw three and two-thirds innings of shutout baseball before that, 32 strikes on 50 pitches. But Drew, this is just something you're going to have to kind of deal with, and hopefully this isn't a long-term injury, but this is the risk you take with a Jacob DeGrom, right? Yeah, he just can't seem to get over the hump. Um just kind of keeps making early exits from starts. We don't have a diagnosis on this yet. It'll probably right. come out during this show um, or, or maybe they're running imaging scans. Like the best case scenario, the Rangers have two off days in this coming week, so they could just skip him right? and he could return like May, I think ninth, I believe like the second week of May. And, you know, they could avoid placing him on the injured list even. Um, but, that's the best case scenario. And that's without knowing exactly what the diagnosis here is. And yeah, I mean, I, I have no shares of DeGrom and I'm kind of glad that I don't, obviously when he's healthy, he's, you know, one of the most dominant starters this sport has ever seen, mm -hmm. but you bake that into to where he was going in drafts. Uh, you just bake it into the whole projection of what he is going to do this year. And I didn't, I, I'm a little bit risk averse when it comes to a, a guy like that. And I, I felt like there were, uh, I mean, like no starter is you can feel hundred percent confident in, sure. but I just felt better about, you know, though you're talking about the top five pitchers to go off the board in a draft. And I felt better about the other four. Um, yeah. Not that I'm like trying to dunk on anyone that wanted to Grom because <laughs> sure. we went over like the, the Cy Young odds on a podcast and, in March, and it's like, yeah, if Degrom's healthy, he, he's probably going to win it in the American League. But uh, I, it, it seems like this kind of stuff is going to keep happening, and eventually there is going to be an IL stint. I it seems like every time he injures another part of his arm, you know, something else happens where he's trying to overcompensate. It's kind of the classic tale of the way that pitchers re-injure themselves and. Again, we don't really know the diagnosis yet. By the time people listen to this in podcast form, they'll probably know. And so our analysis here might sound kind of dumb. Yeah, it might sound kind of dumb anyway. Um, when uh, If you were offered a trade for Jacob deGrom today and somebody was trying to sell you on like 
a mid-rotation starter. And let's say you, you drafted Jacob DeGrom with like your 20th pick or something like that, or your 30th pick. Are you considering it, or do you got to kind of ride this out a little bit? I can't answer that with because because I know that the diagnosis is coming probably before the, the Yankees and Rangers game starts at what like seven oh five. Okay, so Central. let's 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 say this, okay. uh, Drew. Let's say that the diagnosis is that he's only going to miss one start. One start. Yeah. It's inflammation. He's only going to miss one start. Are you still maybe trying to move him? So I have Degrom. Explain this. You have me, Degrom. Chris. I just you okay. have to, you have Jacob Degrom. Somebody offers then I, you. I would, I would, <laughs> yeah, somebody I, I offers you a like very a Logan fr- Gilbert. Oh man, that's a good one. I would be a very frustrated fantasy manager with Degrom. Yeah. Um, man, that's good. I know. No, I think I would hold Degrom just because without yeah. knowing any information right now. He's not on the IL yet. Uh, maybe this is just what it is. It's tightness, um, and he was just trying to be precautious, if that's a word. If the the Rangers yep. were trying to to play it safe, and and Degrom knows his body and and wanted to play it safe, and yeah, maybe he skips one start. If he's only going to miss one start, I would hold him. Um, but again, I, I would be so frustrated at this point that I'd probably just give up on the entire season and stop playing fantasy baseball altogether. So Drew, this is why I like doing hosting more than the opposite, because I have, I get to ask the tough questions and not have to answer them because I have no idea what you do. I have zero idea what you would do in that situation. Um, Speaking of don't know what to do in a situation. This is a little different because it's obviously going to be probably an IL stint, but we don't know. Aaron judge uh, MRA came back and the, all Aaron Boone said afterwards is that they found something which couldn't be less specific other than the fact that if you would have said we found nothing, it would be a little bit better to hear, but they're not saying whether or not this is going to be an injured list stint. Uh, they're waiting for team doctors to evaluate, but this is a pretty frustrating situation for fantasy managers as well, because you definitely drafted Aaron judge in the top five picks and you have him. And it's very frustrating to not know exactly how long he's going to be out. It's a, another situation, man, where yeah, the, the Rangers and Yankees are playing tonight. There's going to be big news dropped on both DeGrom and Judge probably while we're recording here. I hope you have Twitter pulled up uh, to get some information to our, our viewers who are watching this live. Because For sure. I don't know. When I hear something, that means that there's some kind of structural damage of some sort, right? He right. wouldn't say that if it's just inflammation. I feel mm-hmm. like, um, and so I, I think an IL stint is coming, but it seems silly to speculate. Uh, obviously, there's just no replacement for Aaron Judge, the kind of power that he can bring to a fantasy roster. Uh, man, we talked up Franchi Cordero a couple of weeks ago. The Yankees optioned him out. Sure. Um, he was he fell into like a massive slump, right? As we massive. were like both talking about how much we liked him and how much yeah. he should be probably drafted in, in the NFL. Sure which is what in its fifth round right now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, um, yeah, I mean, we just don't have enough in, information. I, I, I don't like that you're hosting because I, I feel like an idiot. I have nothing to offer to these questions <laughs> well, that you're asking. This is the thing, man. And th- one of the things is we're doing here is just in case you missed it. I think it's pretty big news that Aaron judge is going to at least miss another couple of games. It looks like, so you want to get him out of your lineup. Uh, the I would be prepared for an IELTS stint. In fact, if I was yeah. somebody who knew I wasn't going to be near my computer on Sunday, I would get him out of my lineup just in case, because I cannot imagine unless it came back super clear that it would be something that isn't worth putting on. If it was a 15 day IL, maybe you, you have to write it out for a week or something like that. But when it's a 10 day IL and they could go retroactive and maybe even only make it a week for this guy, I think it's something that they have to do. The Dodgers uh, basically had to do something. They got some good news and some bad news. So the good news, it's finally some well, good I'll news. I'll say that the nice thing, the nice thing about Judge, just to cap, cap that off, is Please. that if, if you're playing in a weekly league, we'll definitely know by Sunday, you know, by Sunday night, whether right. this is an injury that's going to cost him all of next week or not, if it's mm-hmm. going to cost him multiple weeks or not. So you'll have that information available. Definitely pull them out of your lineup for – 
the 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 Saturday and Sunday games against the Rangers, right. and then then you'll have the information to make a, a a smart decision moving forward. There you go. Uh, Will Smith is back for the Dodgers uh, after missing a, like a little over a week with uh, concussion syndromes. But in his place, J.D. Martinez goes on the injured list with a back injury. This could be a bad one, Drew. Uh, this is my concern about J.D. Martinez is he's played a lot of baseball over the years, and he is not exactly the most athletic player in the world. How concerned are you about this Martinez injury? Yeah, and it had lingered for a while, and right. he acknowledged that the the plane ride back from Pittsburgh on Thursday didn't help matters. You know, he's sure. not a spring chicken. <laughs> um, it feels like this is this could be what you know. I, I, of course, like you, you, you dream on what JD Martinez could be as a bounce back candidate, move into the Dodgers. Um, but I, I never really bought into that. Like. Mm-hmm. You know, it may, maybe like he, he was going later than he has in a long time in drafts. And maybe you thought, OK, this is like a cheap way to get a piece of that Dodgers lineup. Um, but, you know, I mean, like there's been a clear trend here to where he's probably nearing the end of his career and, you know, joined up with the Dodgers to maybe win a ring. They're not off to like the greatest start. Um but yeah, I, I I would be worried about him having even if he once he gets over this injury, there could be another one that pops up. And I I I wouldn't trust him for like a ton of production um over the over the course of the of the 2023 season. I think it's gonna be a, a frustrating kind of year. And yeah, I, I just I wouldn't have advised like you know spending a a, a middle round or early round pick on, on yeah. JD Martinez this spring. Yeah, absolutely. There's there just wasn't enough reward for me in that case as well. So but you one know what? Question, go ahead. I I but you you talked about Will Smith too. It's nice that he's going to be able to to get more starts out of the DH spot, right? Because um, you worry about another concussion happening this year. I mean, we just want that that bat in in our fantasy lineups. We just want that bat in the Dodgers lineup. Mm-hmm. If, like yeah, you almost wish he he wasn't a, a very good catcher, you know, so right. that he could just stay healthy, that he could be like a DH or a first baseman. Um, the the Dodgers like a they love Austin Barnes, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I think they would have been smart to make maybe pick up a better backup catcher, um, for a sure. team that operates so smartly. Usually, that would have been a good idea in the off season. Um, but I, I think that does benefit Will Smith. There, there's a lot of options they can throw into that dh role uh cycle in guys david peralta get people rests uh, james outman's looked great man mm-hmm. d- did you and i do the rookie of the year betting odds and um or maybe it was me and boyer but one of the commenters obviously the commenters are usually smarter than us yeah it was, we it weren't was even ta- we weren't even outman, talking about yeah. outman yeah, yeah. yeah. and we're like oh wait yeah that's a great pick Yes. Yeah, I have. I'll be honest with you, Drew. I've got some James Outman rookie cards by accident, and I am uh, pleased as punch with how that's worked out. Uh, I think Jason Hayward also could be in line for some more playing time, and I think he's looked okay so far. You know, the powers looked actually really good. I don't know if you saw, he hit a ball 99.9 miles per hour off catcher's interference of course you saw it happened against the team that uh, you happen to be rooting for uh well we won't spend a whole heck of a lot of time talking about that team right now let's well, um, not but i think you know if you're looking for like a desperation outfield play i do think hayward will be in the lineup more often with jd martinez out uh somebody to kind of look at just be prepared that he will not be a helper in the average category Pete Fairbanks. So this one's a little concerning here too, because mm-hmm. it's a recurring thing. Um, felt the repercussions of Raynaud syndrome, which is something that has sidelined him in the past. Something that I wasn't super familiar with until Brandon Woodruff actually picked it up. Uh, I believe last summer uh, or right around that time. Uh, basically for those unfamiliar, Drew and I are not doctors. We both dropped out of medical school because we knew fantasy baseball was going to be more lucrative. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not even kind of true. Um, but uh, it is something that basically makes you feel numbness in your fingers. And it is very important as a pitcher to have that feeling. Um, I thought Fairbanks had a good chance to get a bunch of save opportunities here. But now this is something you're going to have to be keep an eye on for at least through the summer months. Yeah. And, you know, Jason Adam hasn't been great out of the gate oh. this season. I, I, 
I grabbed a lot of Fairbanks because I felt like this might be the year that Kevin Cash, you know, the raised manager goes to more of a traditional approach with the closer role because Fairbanks was just, he's been so lights out. And Adam was awesome last year too, but we know about mm-hmm. the volatility with relievers. And I believed more in what Fairbanks had been doing, like the data backed it all up. Um, yeah, this could be an off and on type of injury. He's not on the injured list right now. Um, could still be in line for saves. It's it's a touch and go issue. Woodruff's had it. A few other pitchers have had it, like top flight pitchers that have pitched through it. Um, it's just something that takes a little rest and treatment. It can affect your feel for pitches on a, a given day, and then it can go away for a couple weeks. Um, it's another situation where we're just we, we have no real solid analysis on on how to attack this. I I, I think Fairbanks is is still a really steady option for saves uh absolutely this is a yeah this is a manageable type of condition uh and hopefully he's just able to to kind of pitch through it and again manage it yeah absolutely and if heaven forbid that he is placed on the injured list and you're looking for a closer replacement like internally kevin kelly would probably be the guy that i would look at he picked up the save last night um, Calvin Foucher, I think is going to be used too often as an opener to get save opportunities. Right. He's working again as an opener with Yanni Chirinos. It's just not an ideal situation, but hopefully it is something that is going to be something that he could ma- work through. But I do think you have to be prepared for an IL stint, uh, in this situation. And Drew Tyler O'Neill scratched with back mm. tightness right before yesterday's game. And I do mean right before, um, Concerns about Tyler O'Neill as a guy that uh, I think a lot of people were hoping would go back to 2021 levels for fantasy baseball. Yeah, I mean, he's kind of this is kind of who he is. Like it's another player that you built you build into the profile when you click on his name on on fantasy draft day that, you know, he's probably going to have some nagging injuries here and there. Um, He's just the way he's built like he should almost like you know, take a few days off from the weight room or something. Um, yeah. He's, he's just had a weird start to the season. Like his manager calls him out for a lack of hustle five days into the, the start of the regular season schedule. Brutal. Um, he was kind of operating as like a fourth outfielder for a while until the Cardinals sent down uh, Jordan Walker. What's interesting is that Jordan Walker and Juan Yepes both homered Friday night at AAA Memphis. Uh, so the Cardinals obviously have options if if O'Neill needs an IL stint. I don't think it'll be Walker actually, because as much as I was confused by his demotion and the entire Cardinals outfield plan, like don't get me started on a, a whole Cardinals rant because it's just really sure. sad right now and it's <laughs> depressing how much how how they do affects my daily mood. I've said For that you. before. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I think it'll be Yepes if if O'Neill needs an IL stint, or they don't even really need to call up an outfielder because they have four steady outfielders right now. Dylan Carlson has started one of the last six games. Sure. However, you feel about Dylan Carlson, it's just weird that he's like a total bench player right now. Alec Burleson keeps starting every day. He's like, he's he's they they've kind of dropped him from the number two spot in the lineup, but you'll right. still see him up there here and there. Um, and I like Alec Burleson, but that's super strange to me. Lars Newpar has been getting a lot of action at leadoff, which I like. Um, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know what to think about O'Neill when he's healthy. Um, do you, you know, there's speed there. I mean, you look at the stat cast data, he hits the crap out of the ball. He's got great sprint speed. Um, and he, he's flashed. Like he, he got down ballot MVP votes the last time he had a fully healthy season. Um, and you know that fantasy upside is in there where he can be a four category guy. I wouldn't count on like much batting average, but with the the power and the speed. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Right now, I I feel like you gotta. He hasn't been starting enough. He started a little bit more since Jordan Walker went down, but he hasn't been starting enough to like be an everyday player in a fantasy mm-hmm. lineup. And if you're playing in a weekly league, um, I think you can do better. I, I'd put him on the bench or. Honestly, if he goes on the IL and you don't have an open IL slot, I I would consider dropping him. If you have an open IL s- slot, hold on to him because who knows sure. what could could happen if he goes on the IL and then comes back and you know the whole makeup of the team is different. 
Uh, but for right now, I, I think I'd, I'd either bench him or even drop him in a shallower league. Yeah. And I will say this, I'm going to promote myself based on Jordan Walker. Uh, my top 10 prospect list debuted on Wednesday and Jordan Walker will still be at the very top of that list because I still don't think there's any prospect in baseball who offers nearly as much upside as he does. But I do think he probably will get some time in AAA. I think there's some stuff they want him to work on in terms of driving the baseball. Uh, Daniel in chat points also, out that... Go ahead. Yeah, well, Walker was the, the worst-rated defensive outfielder in baseball a, at yeah. the time of his demotion and that passed the eye test like he yeah he'd only played you know a month of outfield sure and they kind of threw him out there um and he just he did not he never looked comfortable took bad reads on balls he's got a big yeah. arm i think he could be a really good corner outfielder eventually sure. i just i wish that they were kind of smart enough to work on that throughout all of last year because yeah. you have a guy named Nolan Arenado playing third yeah. base. All right. Maybe Arenado would have opted out this winter, but there was kind of never indicate any indication that he, he is, was going to, he sure. should have, um, because yeah. he probably yeah. cost himself about a hundred million dollars there, but uh, at least yeah. I mean, like, and, and I know, and I know they don't want to DH Jordan Walker because they want him to develop into a, sure. a guy that can play defense and offense and Nolan Gorman has looked great and taken over that DH role, but I mean, Gorman's a young dude too. So are you stunting his development by putting him just as like an everyday DH? I don't, don't again, don't, don't send me down this road, Chris. It's a beautiful Saturday. So you're not going to be doing a Cardinals YouTube show the way I'm doing a Mariners YouTube show anytime soon is what you're telling me. You know, I've like turned down. uh, (laughs) I used to appear a lot on like KMLX and, I've yeah. just like turned it, you know, that's the Cardinals flagship station. I was like, I don't sure. think, I don't, I, I don't think I can go on there and like not cuss. <laughs> <laughs> well, you appreciate you not cussing on this one, at least. Uh, Drew, uh, just before uh, you went on your long Cardinals rant, gosh, that took Sorry. forever. Uh, Randall Grichuk was reinstated from the 10 day injured list. Uh, Rockies designated Ty Black for assignment. Obviously Ty Black has no fantasy relevance. Do you think Grichuk might be somebody worth considering in like deeper leagues just because of that Colorado or are you kind of avoiding? He was awful on his rehab assignment. Uh, yeah. Like a slash line of 100 something, 100 something, 100 something <laughs> over like 36 plate appearances. They kept him there longer than I think they probably wanted to. Sure. Um, he's healthy now. He's recovered from hernia surgery. Maybe it's just a case of getting tune up at bats. Like right. we, we know what kind of player he is. He's got raw power and a bit of speed um, on any other team. I would be like, but he's, he's obviously a flawed player. Like, but on any other team, I, I wouldn't even really consider him, but yeah, you get a little course field effect. There's clearly like opportunities for him to play every day for the Rockies. Um, It's a, yeah. it's a weird, it's a weird roster. I, I guess they have some outfield options, but there's like no reason for him not to be in the lineup mostly every day or like, you know, they can platoon him and he'll, he'll have the strong side of a platoon or something. And yeah, if you're playing in a daily league, I would, I would feel good about starting him anytime there's a home game um, because he could, he has easy 25 Homer pop, even having missed the first month of the season, like he, he could get there. Uh, he's going to hurt you in batting average, but he'll give you a little speed too. I, I think coming Absolutely. off the hernia surgery, maybe you have some worries about that, but he's, he's been, you know, a base dealer at times in the past. He's, he's a dynamic kind of player that just doesn't have a great, great plate approach, but that can work in Colorado. And, you know, it has in, in past seasons where he has offered, you know, decent, like kind of fourth, fifth outfielder value in, in deeper formats. Absolutely. Yeah, I, w- I would go with that. Like the, the fourth or fifth type outfielder looking for power. He'll win you a couple of weeks and there'll be a couple of weeks that you wonder what the heck did I do putting this guy in this lineup? Uh, before we get in the second half of the show, I like this question uh, from our good friend, the Heart Foundation. Uh, Paradise is swinging a hot stick again. Is he a must grab? I kind of think he might be right now. And I'll tell you one of the reasons why. Yandy Diaz left Saturday's game with a shoulder injury. Now, he did say that it's a day-to-day situation. I did Kevin Cash, but he also said it might be a lingering situation because it's something he has dealt with in the past before. 
it's one of the reasons why I would also be looking at Kyle Monzardo and paying very close attention to that situation because he is a supremely talented prospect. But look, uh, we have seen it from Paradise. We saw it last year. There were times where he looked like a legitimate and a former top prospect. It is worth pointing that out. And Tampa Bay has done a very nice job developing these guys. Would you agree that he's a guy you're grabbing right now? Yeah, I've picked him up in, in multiple leagues already. Um, and I, 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 we had a question about Paredes a while ago, like comparing him and some other options. Sure. He's eligible, I think, at what, third base and second base? I believe um, so. Which is ob- obviously valuable because if you play in a league that has the corner infield and middle infield spot too, mm-hmm. and he's been in the lineup, you know, it, it's sometimes frustrating with raised hitters because they're so good at platooning. They're, you know, they're such a well-run real life baseball team that that sure. kind of affects certain position players fantasy value um but and he's hitting like fifth and sixth in that lineup and again the the, the numbers are there for for him to be really good there's no speed there um but he's shown a little bit of power and and has a has racked up a ton of rbis already he's like already halfway to his previous career high um there's you know there's batting average there's counting stats and there's multi-position eligibility. Sure. I'm not saying that he's going to, you know, keep this going and, and be a superstar, but for like a plug and play option right now, if if you need help at second base, third base, corner infield, middle infield, he's probably among the best options that you can grab. All right. We're going to take a quick commercial break and then we will get into the fade or real discussion with pitchers. A new MLB season means it's time for a new kind of daily fantasy baseball. Rival Fantasy is the fantasy platform reinventing the way daily and weekly games are played, and they've brought new games to the ballpark this year that fantasy players won't find anywhere else. Rival's fantasy games include Fantasy Bingo, Head-to-Head Player Challenges, and Fantasy Book, where users can select over-unders from two to five players. With games like this, daily fantasy has never been better. Now, right now, RotoWire listeners get a $50 protected first play. That means if you win your first play, you keep your winnings. But if you lose your first entry, Rival Fantasy will fully refund you up to $50. Go to play.rivalfantasy.com slash signup and use code ROTOWIREMLB at signup and deposit a minimum of $25 to get your first entry on Rival protected up to $50. Now's the time to step up to the plate and become a Rival today. Welcome to the arena. Baseball is back, swing into the MLB season with vivid seats and score tickets to all the hottest matchups and biggest games of the year. Every crack of the bat, every deep center fly, and every heart-pounding double play of your favorite team live and in person. Plus, with Vivid Seat Rewards, now you earn rewards with every single purchase. Each ticket you buy gets you closer to your reward. Just buy 10 tickets and then simply cash in your credit towards your 11th ticket purchase. It's that easy. Now, here's a pro tip reward. You buy tickets for your whole group, you split the bill, and make progress towards your free 11th ticket even faster. From behind the plate to the upper deck, Vivid Seats has great tickets for all the 2023 games that matter to you. Just visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. See VividSeats.com slash rewards for terms and conditions. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. 
Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, so we're going to analyze those current fantasy leaderboard and we're going to go over a player that we think might be for real in the category and one that we might be fading. And Drew, why don't you start us off with that win category that everybody just loves and thinks is totally fair? Yeah, it's a it's a weird one to analyze. Um, we were just talking about the Rays. My my for real is Drew Rasmussen, and mm-hmm. I I did settle on him as my for real in the wins category before his most recent turn in the Rays rotation, which was not a great one. Sure. Uh, a loss to the Astros. He allowed five earned runs on nine hits and two walks over just four and two thirds innings. That raised his early season ERA from 2.01 all the way to 3.33. It's been that kind of start so far for Rasmussen. Three scoreless outings, two five-run outings, uh, with no real trend to point to for why it's been so uneven. Um, but I mean, it's it's uneven for every pitcher in April right. outside of like Garrett Cole and I don't know Sonny Gray's off to an incredible start too. Uh, mm-hmm. But the overall picture on what Rasmussen is doing this year with the Rays and what he's done over the last three years in that organization, it all points to excellent run prevention numbers. Uh, he has a 2.79 ERA and 232 total innings since joining Tampa Bay, moved into a full-time starting role, got built up in 2022. Uh, so he's you know, being able to be treated like a normal starter all the way through here in 2023, where he's not going to get pulled from games early, unless it's something like what happened with the Astros last week. Uh, The expected metrics like largely back up his ERA and whip um, lots of weak contact. You can forecast that Rasmussen will pitch deep into games not allow a lot of runs. And that's the recipe for wins on a raised team that has come out, you know, really hot out of the gates. Uh, so I, I like him for wins a lot. Uh, I, I loved him around fantasy draft season. Just be, you know, he's not like going to blow people away with a, a high strikeout rate, but it's good enough. And then everything else kind of comes together to make him just a really solid fantasy starter. Um, my fade is Kyle Gibson now with mm-hmm. the Orioles. He had an 11 strikeout game last week, but is one of those guys who's expected ERA is a lot worse than the ERA he's showing right now, which is a good, not great 3.90. He got knocked around a bit by the Tigers in his most recent outing, never get knocked around by the Tigers. Uh, Had an ERA of 5.05 in 167 plus innings last year with the Phillies. Gibson was like a a trending pickup on, on some sites Yahoo after that double digit strikeout showing. And he's four and O on the year and the Orioles are five and one in his six starts, but there's not a lot of evidence that he's going to be among the league leaders and wins or even close to it when all is said and done. I gave you my for real and my fade in that. I love it. I love it. I'll give you my for real and my fade because I uh, I won't have you showing me up on my podcast. My podcast. Uh, Your my for real. Yeah, my podcast. We'll talk about some changes that have happened while you were away, Drew. Uh, my for real is Joe Ryan. I've been a big fan of Joe Ryan for a while. I think that. We talk about the Rays not losing trades. Oh, 
they lost a trade. Joe Ryan for Nelson Cruz is going to be one that they think about, I think, for a very long time. Here's what I love about Joe Ryan. He throws strikes. He's in the 94th percentile and walk percentage mm-hmm. right now. He avoids hard contact for the most part. His hard hit percentage is in the 20th, but he really avoids barrels. And that's the biggest thing for me is like, you know, that he's not going to give up a ton of long contact, a bunch of extra base hits. And he goes deep in games. He's thrown 32 winnings in his five games, uh, 36 strikeouts, a 0.81 whip. Five and zero record is obviously, you know, tough to sustain. I'm not saying that Joe Ryan's going to be like a 25 game winner. But I do think that he showed flashes of brilliance in both of his seasons so far with the Twins. Really like the record, the, the direction the Minnesota offense is. I think it's worth pointing out that Minnesota was a really good baseball team until they just absolutely collapsed at the end of the season, which was disappointing because they made a bunch of moves. I really like the Twins lineup. I like the protection he has around him. I do believe Joe Ryan's going to help in the win category. And Fade, I'm sorry, Cubs fans. I, I do like this guy. Justin Steele, I, I just can't see too many not too many more but i can't see what's happening right now a 4-0 record with a 1.19 era look this was a guy who was a very intriguing prospect coming into the draft in 2014 and he has put some stuff together i just don't think he misses bats enough or throws enough consistent strikes for me to say that he's consistently going to be in the win column and the other thing for me is I just don't think the Cubs are that good. I mean, they're not bad. They're certainly better than they were last year, but I'm not buying them as being a true contender the way I am buying the Twins as being it. If this ends up being on a freezing cold take, so be it. And if Chicago wins the World Series, I'll walk down to Waveland or I'll do what Jake did when they hired Tony LaRusso and ride my bike over too. And no, I will not be doing that. <laughs> Absolutely not. I don't even have a bike. Big, big surprise that this body doesn't own a bike. Um, but I do believe in Joe Ryan as a winner and Justin Steele, I just can't see in the in the win category being a consistent option. I have Joe Ryan in another category and you stole a lot of my analysis, but we'll yeah. get into that. Uh, for, Please do. For ERA, yeah. Uh, not for ERA, but I like him in ERA too. Yep. I, my, yep. I'm going to go with Graham Ashcraft as my for real. Um, and there are more obvious ones to pick from at the top of the ERA leaderboard right now. It's fairly like representative already of the best pitchers in the game and, and guys who we expected to be good, but you know, no Roto wire fantasy baseball podcast listener needs to tell us that, you know, Luis Castillo and Shohei Otani are, are good. Spencer Strider up there too. Um, who got postponed on Saturday, but it looks like he might pitch Sunday if that game doesn't get rained out as well. But Ashcraft, you know, had some breakout buzz in, in camp with the Reds this spring. He changed the, the grip on his slider to glowing reviews. You know, you always, you never know with those kind of stories, like added a new pitch, changed his grip. What's, what is, what's it even going to mean? It's kind of the best shape of his life trope. Um, but he was trying to add more swing and miss to his approach. He knew that was something that he needed to work on to take the next step. His strikeout rate was not good last year, and there was a lot of hard contact against him. But with a more like fully fleshed out arsenal, the cutter, the sinker, the rapidly improving slider um, that has that new grip, he, he seems to have abandoned the changeup, which he didn't throw much anyway last season it's just all the kind of development that you want to see from a young starting pitcher rounding into form you know learning things and putting them into practice to become more steady and now Ashcraft's like hinting at stretches of of dominance the ground ball rate has usually been excellent I think he's like top five or up there in ground ball percentage right now Um, so inducing more soft contact with an uptick in strikeouts it's all a very good combination for success, even pitching at great American ballpark, um, an extension candidate too, with the reds that after they mm. locked up Hunter green earlier this month, it sounds like they want to extend that entire young trio in the rotation, green, Nick Lodolo and Ashcraft, which, you know, go for it. Yeah. Um, I'll give you my fade. It's, it's Wade Miley. Who's, you know, had some decent ERAs in the past and is sitting mm-hmm. really pretty right now with a mark of 1.86. Uh, but you look at the data and, you know, it, of course, it's a small sample size, but he's in just the second percentile of all big league pitchers in fastball velocity. His his K per nine over the last three years has sat under seven. There have been command issues in the past. Uh, he has ironed out that that command issue problem a bit, but you know, a soft tossing 36 year old lefty making half his starts at American Family Field in Milwaukee. Uh, you know, what? 
what Miley does generally works for him in a real life sense. I mean, he's carved out an impressive career for not being a, a big velocity guy, but I don't see reasons for like strong hope that he can offer high level consistent production in fantasy. Uh, maybe actually the ERA would be the best bet for him. Like this is maybe right. a weird pick for this category, but I think that'll be on the rise soon enough. You know, a decent streaming option in the right matchups, but not somebody you need to be rostering. Totally fair. I like both of those calls. Now, normally if, if I'm going to do somebody who's real on ERA, I like to do somebody who's like a big bat misser. But in this case, I'm doing a guy who is only strike getting a whiff rate in the 28th percentile right now, according to baseball savant. But I like what Edward Eduardo Rodriguez has shown for the Tigers this year an awful yeah. lot. Look, this is a guy who is in the 90th percentile in hard hit percentage, really avoiding barrels, getting hitters to swing at pitches outside of the strike zone and throwing lots of strikes. Look, Eduardo Rodriguez, obviously, last year was a lost cause for reasons that we don't know and we probably never will know. Um, seems like everything's been figured out and he's been excellent. I do wonder if maybe he could be a guy who could be playing for a new team. Uh, there are not a lot of great starting pitching trade options. The reason I know that is I'm a Seattle Mariner fan and I've been looking for Robbie Ray replacements all over the place and mm. they're kind of tough to find right now. I really like what Eduardo Rodriguez has shown, and he seems to do this every couple of years too, Drew. And it's enough of a sample size here now where like, yeah, he has a couple of years where you like, eh, is this guy going to ever be the guy that we thought he was as a prospect? And then he has, he's had a couple of ace-like years, and right now he's kind of pitching in that regard. 2.32 ERA right now, I don't think it's quite that high, that good, but I think he can be in that 2.8, 2.9 range. Uh, the guy I'm fading, and I don't like fading him, because he's responsible for one of my only good tweets, the Alex Cobb salad. Go look it up, folks. It's excellent. <laughs> Alex Cobb has not earned the ERA that he's put up. Yes, he's throwing a ton of strikes, but his expected batting average is well below average. His expected slugging percentage is well below average. He's not getting hitters to swing at pitches outside of the strike zone enough to justify. He's in the 65%, but he's in the bottom 25th percentile and whiff. Doesn't get a lot of spin on the fastball. I think Alex Cobb's just going to have too many clunkers for me to consider him as a true candidate for the ERA category. Yeah, I'm, I'm into Eduardo Rodriguez. There were a lot of reasons to like him this, well, not this time last year, but draft season going into 2022. And mm -hmm. yeah, it was just a weird year for, you know, with some personal issues. But right. if you just t take all that out, like he's, you know, showed back up with the Tigers and, They've actually rated really well defensively this year. It's such a weird roster. Like you look at that the lineup they throw out there every day, and you're like, who is gonna like get hits from this lineup? Yeah. But they've got like a lot of gamers um who yes. can play defense. And mm -hmm. I don't know, like that that defense behind what Erod does, it works. And and you're right, he's gonna be a strong trade candidate. I'm sure the Tigers are probably going to want to unload the rest of that contract. Even if he is pitching this well going into the trade deadline, it just makes sense for them to do that as they, I don't know what they're doing, rebuilding, rolling, rebuild, I don't tearing it all. We'll, we'll, yes. we'll find out, I guess, eventually. But um, yeah, I, I really like him joining a contender down the stretch. And I think pitching well for how, however much longer he's in Detroit. Uh, let's roll over to, to whip. And this Sounds is good. where I have Joe Ryan. Mm. And again, I, I think he's really for real. Um, part of that twins rotation that you and I seem to talk about every time we do a show together, yeah. just lost Kenta Maeda to a tricep strain. Um, I think that's what the diagnosis was, right? I, yeah. I wrote that up this morning, but it's been a long right. day, Chris. I think, yeah, it's a tricep strain, but that might be a good thing losing Maeda for the twins. Cause he's been really roughed up lately. And yes, um, it's also good that it it's it doesn't seem to be related to his Tommy John surgery. So you know right. he, he could come back eventually. I'm sure he's going to have like a multi-start rehab assignment to try to figure mm -hmm. some things out. Um, I think my eight is droppable in fantasy. But back to Joe Ryan, uh, allowed yeah. just one unearned run over seven innings in his last turn through the rotation Tuesday against the Yankees. Moved to five and zero oh through five starts. Uh, you had him for the wins category, right? Yes, I did. Yeah, that's smart. 2.81 ERA, <laughs> 0.81 whip, 36 strikeouts, just four walks in his 32 total innings to begin the year. Gets the Royals next, too, on, on Sunday. 
Uh, nice. So it's all looking really good for him right now as a, a fantasy. I don't want to say ace, but like he's a, he seems like he could be a top flight fantasy starter. You put everything that he brings to the table together, uh, the command and the ability to miss bats too. Like that's, that's what you want. Um, mm-hmm. It's early, but you know, he's, he showed encouraging flashes last year. And again, the command is really good. Does, just doesn't give up many hits or walks. Doesn't give up base runners. Already has a pair of double-digit strikeout games in 2022 on top of all that. Just really starting nice to believe to more and more that that he's legit. Um, and then my fade, I'm harping on a lot of Orioles pitchers here, and I'm sorry to do it with a, a Cal Ripken poster <laughs> right there over on my wall. Um, and I do like what they're building uh, in Baltimore. Eventually, I, I think they'll get there. I, I liked their over wins total this year, kind of zigging while other people were zagging. But my fate is Tyler Wells. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, he had another good start Wednesday against the Red Sox. Seven strikeouts, only one walk, two runs, four hits over five and two thirds innings. ERA is 2.79. The whip is 0.72. I think that leads all major league starters. Sure. Uh, with Wells, like the command is is solid, but I doubt that it stays at this less than one walk per nine innings rate. I think his walks per nine is 0.9 right now. Um, he's not a velocity guy either. Lots of hard contact on his ledger since he arrived in the majors in 2021. I think Wells is fine, like a fine fourth starter, maybe even third starter for a real life rotation but I don't think he's like a fantasy league winner like he's showing so far. The ERA is going to rise. The whip will definitely rise. He went undrafted in most leagues, so he's been a nice value if you picked him up and you, you keep you know putting him in there when, when he's a probable starter. But uh, to me, I think moving forward as we get through the summer months, he's going to become more of a streamer in, in favorable, favorable matchups, maybe pitching at home in Camden Yards, which has become a, a very pitcher-friendly park. You know, it's interesting because I did include Wells as one of my sneaky pickups. I filled in for Jeff Erickson. I do like Wells, except for the fact that this is unsustainable. Like, this is extremely unsustainable. If you think he's going to be, like, among the league leaders in whip, you're going to be in trouble. But I do like him for now, and I think it's worth pointing out that Wells was a guy that it really looked like he was going to open the year in the bullpen because Grayson Rodriguez was going to take that rotation spot. I think he's pretty cemented now, and I do like the fact that he will be playing behind an okay Baltimore defense, and I think they'll give him some win chances. But for Whip, like there's going to be some uh, negative or po- negative regret. I always forget how to say it. Ascension to the negative. Well, I, yeah, I think he'll keep the walks low, which is interesting yeah. with the ballpark and the defense. But sure. he's going to get hit around. Like he doesn't have like high level raw stuff. Like that's that's not his bag. By the way, uh, Easton McGee is throwing a perfect game right now against the uh, Toronto Blue Jays. Speaking of, do you like that? Uh, I mean, they 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 kind of had to to make a change, probably. Yeah, yeah. So uh, if people aren't aware, it was kind of a surprise. Chris Flexen was supposed to start um, on Saturday for the Mariners, and they brought up Easton McGee and suddenly moved Flexen into the bullpen like a few hours before. Uh, first pitch you like that as a Mariners I'm, I'm assuming like might as well try they have options for like yeah you, know, you can give it a, a run I I really think that this was now he's only thrown 32 pitches which has kind of made things uh interesting it really looked to me like McGee was going to be an opener type of situation for Flexen to come in later but look he's pitching into the fourth inning and he's done a really nice job against a a very good lineup would not count on it. His stuff is more back-end starter type or that middle. He's kind of similar to Chris Flexen, but with a little more spin uh, on his yeah. fastball. Uh, for Whip, I'm going with Dustin May is real. Now, it's interesting here because if you look at May, he's actually had some issues with walks, but I think his command is actually much better than that suggests. He's not missing a ton of bats either, but I do think he's the type of guy who's going to throw enough quality strikes that the whip is always going to be pretty low. Is he that superstar ace that some people thought he was going to be a few years ago? No, but what you see is kind of what you get. A guy with four pitches that he locates around the strike zone, again, has had a little bit of issue this year, but even still, the fact that he's not throwing a ton of strikes and he has that 0.99 whip actually makes it even more impressive because I think he's going to throw a ton of strikes down the stretch. I think Dustin May is going to be a contributor there. 
Somebody brought this guy's name up in chat, and look, I've been nothing but impressed with what Tyler Brown has done. A guy that I like a lot, ranked Hunter as a Brown, top yeah. 25 prospect going into the season. Hunter Brown, excuse me. Tyler Brown was also an Astros prospect. Uh, <laughs> very different uh, paths and trajectories going on there. But I have seen too many command issues with him for me to believe that this is going to be something that is sustainable there are going to be starts where he has four or five walks and gives up four or five runs and it just doesn't quite work out obviously somebody i'm still carrying on my roster but if i could sell hunter brown high based on what i've seen so far this year he's somebody i'd be looking at and i would be cognizant of the fact that that whip is definitely going to rise as we get deeper into the year yeah someone in the chat mentioned bailey over too he, he got called up when the the twins put Maeda officially on the injured list on Saturday. We knew that was coming. Um, it's amazing that they can bring up a guy like that. And you know, they're, they're suddenly just like stocked with, you said it before, like really good two and three type starters. Yeah. And yeah, Sonny Gray's been an ace. Joe Ryan has been pretty close to an ace. Like uh, that's a really interesting team. I think they could get a bat at the deadline. Joey Gallo has been good when he's been healthy, but um, and hopefully Byron Buxton can stay healthy, but they could also add to that to that roster at the deadline and like, you know, maybe run away with the AL Central. We'll see sure. what the Guardians have in store. Man, we'll get to the White Sox in a bit because I have something yeah. on one of their players uh, <laughs> moving on to to strikeouts. And this leaderboard is is filled with fantasy aces like you have to yes. dig deep into the list to find pitchers that are not you know, well established and. We want to make this analysis somewhat interesting and helpful for our, our viewers and listeners. So we're trying to pick guys that aren't that didn't go like you know in the top 100. Um, I'll I'll go Mitch Keller as my for real. He's on a run of five straight quality starts. If you're in a quality starts league, which I kind of like those sort of leagues, even though it can be a flawed stat. If you replace quality starts with wins or something like I, I'm 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 more into that. But you know, sure. There's there's the standard five by five scoring that most leagues use, but yeah, Keller has looked great so far for the high-flying Pirates. Uh, 40 strikeouts through 35 and two-thirds innings. A 3-5-3 ERA racked up 10 strikeouts against the Dodgers on Thursday. Also showing a lot better in the walk rate department. He really attacks the zone, sinkers and cutters, and will get the slider and curve going as out pitches. Uh, Keller was a highly ranked prospect at one mm -hmm. point at consensus top 20 at, at the main prospect ranking services a handful of years ago. Uh, so ha has that pedigree of identifiable talent. He just turned 27 years old and maybe we're seeing him emerge as a, a really useful fantasy arm and, and to help the pirates take a step forward as an organization they have needed for one of these pitchers to really click and exactly. it looks like keller could approach 190 plus innings um this year and then you know he'd be flirting with 200 k's at his current rate yeah that's probably the ceiling for him but it's like within the range of outcomes for, with what we've seen so far and, and the progress that he's made as an individual um i i really like what i've seen from mitch keller i've been let down by him before you know he's been kind of a sleeper pick in, in certain like springtime building up to draft season. But what I'm seeing right now, I, I, I really think is legitimate. I'll, I'll do David Peterson of the Mets as my fade for strikeouts. He's definitely got it working so far, had a, a season high eight of them last weekend against the giants, but he also got charged with seven earned runs over five innings in that one. The ERA is at 7.34. Um, and I mean, this is an obvious one. I, I, I kind of took it an easy road here, but just because he's flirted so far with like a really high strikeout rate, I, I want sure. people to to realize that you know there are some some things that you can pull coals in here. And the biggest worry on Peterson is that he could lose his rotation spot when Justin Verlander comes back, and it's looking like Verlander might be ready to rock in the early part of May. They haven't the Mets haven't said yet if he's going to do a second rehab start or if he's just going to come right back and Joey Lucchesi has, has looked good. And it's, you know, so far Carlos Carrasco is about ready to resume throwing Jose Quintana will factor in eventually. Um, there's a, I think a really strong chance that Peterson slides back into that swingman role that he was used in last year. And that's obviously not a, a good type of gig for fantasy production and will certainly stunt the strikeout total. 
Yeah, for sure. And that's the biggest concern with me, too, is just the fact that there are arms that are going to be ready to go for the Mets that will take his place. I have to think. Um, for me, for real, a guy, a person that I was asked about an awful lot was Logan Gilbert and whether he was going to miss bats. And everything I've seen from him so far suggests that he's going to. And I think it's worth pointing out that he's added a splitter to his mix. And mm -hmm. the fact that he has four pitches now to use I think is really going to help him with the strikeouts. Now he's not getting a ton of whiffs. He's in the 48th percentile there, but he's in the 78th percentile in chase rate and he locates his stuff so well. And you can miss a bunch of bats with location. Like if you make that perfectly placed high fastball on the shoulder on the uh, upper shoulder area, or if you're locating your secondary pitches and people think that they're not going to be strikes and they end up being strikes, you can get strikeouts that way. It doesn't always have to be big swing and miss stuff, but I do think his fastball is a swing and miss pitch. I think his slider is a so solid one. He's throwing his fastball 46% of the time, which means 54% of the time now he's showing his secondary pitches. And I think the secondary stuff was always the biggest question mark with Gilbert, whether or not it would be good enough to justify yeah. being that type of missed bat starter. So far, I think he is showing that stuff. And for my fade, and I almost feel silly listing this guy, I'm fading Zach Gallon in strikeouts. Okay. Zach Gallon's really flipping good. Wow. Really, really, really <laughs> good. He is not this good at missing bats. I'm sorry. Like, look, Zach Gallon to me might end up actually being the best starting pitcher in fantasy baseball this year. But I think he's on pace to strike out like 350 dudes right now. And that's just not Zach Gallon. We are going to see starts where we get you know, those six strikeouts through six innings or five strikeouts through six innings. Not like the 12 strikeout stuff that he showed in his last outing, man. He's really good, really, really, really good. But I don't think this guy is going to be, at the end of the day, one of the top two or three strikeout arms in baseball. I hope I'm wrong because I do like Zach Allen. I think he played for the Cardinals, by the way, at one point. Wow. <laughs> with with logan gilbert i think i even liked him more than you did when he first oh, did. came yeah and i like the natural extension that he has when he throws like <sighs> there was some metric and it, it's probably still true that he releases the pitch he releases his pitches closer to the plate than like anyone in baseball because yeah. he is a lanky six six or he's like even six seven maybe kind of guy um, and yeah. pushes off and it's just simple math. Like he might not have like naturally, you know, spin rate dominant stuff, but it, his pitches are going to run in on hitters a little bit faster than, than others. Um, uh, that just, you know, I'm not a scout, but that makes sense to me. Like it, it's, it's, just, it's huge. It's huge. It's Extension is logic. massive. It's, it's one yeah. of the reasons why a couple of people asked about Marcus Stroman there. That's one of the risks I think you take with Marcus Stroman is because he because he is the size of a backup point guard. There are going to be yeah. times where the baseball just is very easy for hitters to pick up Sit if he doesn't there. have his great stuff. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, yeah. This is not Randy Johnson extension or even like Ryan Henderson, who uh, was the little unit for a little while. Those guys obviously had unreal extension because they were built like power forwards. But because Gilbert does release the baseball, that's a good point. But don't do any more scouting stuff. This is why I got hired by this place, man. You're trying to steal another job from me. You've already said this is your podcast. You've like I know, it as I know. Own. We'll talk. We'll talk. Uh, let's talk about those saves, Drew. <laughs> I don't know what's. I'm going to quit the podcast before we have to talk about saves. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, always a, a frustrating thing to to track and speculate on, but. There are a lot of like I guess new and interesting faces on this early leaderboard. Uh, you know, this analysis probably will prove to be bad as the season plays out. That's just the natural volatility with relievers and the the way that teams in the modern era deploy their relievers in a very non-traditional way, in a smart way. Uh, sure. But give me AJ Puck as my for real. Uh, he got that change of scenery trade in February. Uh, mm -hmm. just before the start of spring training from Oakland to Miami with J.J. Bleday heading to the A's in return. Puck was kind of a, a bust, I guess you could say, for the athletics. Uh, sixth overall pick in 2016 out of the University of Florida. Flamed out as a starting pitcher in the upper minors because of injuries and ineffectiveness. He showed a lot of promise as a starter in the lower minors, but a full-on reliever now. He's actually never made a, a single start at the major league level, which I was surprised surprised about when i kind of researched that but it's it was injuries and just stops and starts to 
the early part of his pro career, but enjoyed a good amount of success last year in Oakland's bullpen, a 3.12 ERA, 76 strikeouts and 66 in the third innings, got four saves. He got 20 holds. Um, so it was working more of as, as a setup guy. Right. But the Marlins were talking early in spring training about him getting more high leverage, ninth inning looks. And that's what's happened so far. Uh, Dylan Floro is good and might challenge for save opportunities. He got one the other night, I think on Thursday. Uh, but Floro is working mostly in the seventh and eighth inning so far. Uh, I think actually Puck has like gotten wins in back-to-back outings too because there were like blown saves before him. Uh, right. Matt Barnes is there with Miami, you know, former closer of the Red Sox. But there's a reason Boston decided to, to DFA him. Um, I think it's Puck's job there. Uh, for the Marlins and he's good enough to run away with it from what I've seen so far. And Hey, you'll take the wins too. I, I think he's already got two or three on the season, which Hey, you'll, you'll like that from a closer in, in a, in like a five by five head to head, or even a rotisserie league. My fate is Ronaldo Lopez, who I did like as a sleeper for the white Sox closer role during fantasy draft season in March, the build up to that. There was this, there was a lot of chatter of, among the White Sox beat writers that Lopez wanted the job, which doesn't always matter. But the beat writers were like he 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 could indeed like capture this. It was all coming in the wake of Liam Hendricks' lymphoma diagnosis. Um, Hendricks just finished his final round of chemo. He's about to start a minor league rehab assignment probably in the early part of May, so he probably returns at some point before the end of the month. Um, and the I mean the White Sox have been unbelievably bad so far this season. I sorry to those who liked the over on their wins total as much as I did. We'll all lose money oh, together. Yeah. Uh, three saves so far for Lopez, but he has a six point seven five ERA, and he's going to be unsuited or unseated soon by Hendricks. Uh, I'm sure the White Sox will turn it around at least a little bit. Um, again, it's, there's a lot of injuries biting them and there's some bad luck involved. I think they're a, a much better team than they're showing so far by the time they do turn around, turn it around. If they, if they do turn it around, it's, it's going to be Hendricks who's finishing games for them. So if someone is willing to, to take Lopez in a trade and a fantasy league, I would just trade him right now. You think Rafal gets ejected again today, or is this going to is the run going to end? It's like I don't blame him. He's got to be frustrated as heck. He finally gets his chance, and he gets a team that is yeah. injury riddled, but also pretty darn flawed. Um, I, I like those calls a lot, and I can't wait to see Liam Hendricks back on the mound. Shoving obvious point is obvious. Uh, for real, I'm going to go with. I think a lot of people might be fading Paul Seawald. I'm actually keeping him, and the reason is yes, Andres Munoz is coming back. I still think Andres Munoz is going to be a guy who was used in the seventh, eighth inning just as often as he's used in the ninth. Look, Andres Munoz is the Mariners' best reliever, and they are strictly going to use him in the very best situations. And that is going to happen sometimes in the seventh, in the eighth, every once in a while, even in the sixth, you know, and that's going to prevent you from getting that safe chance. Seawald also, you know, could be used in those seventh and eighth situations. It, it will be a little bit by committee. By the way, we, thought Diego Castillo might be in that save conversation as well. He was actually optioned to AAA today. That's been horrific yeah. for them. And that is, he was a big part of that reason why people thought that was one of the best bullpens in baseball. Now he's going to be working on things uh, with my buddy, Mike Curdo in Tacoma, but I think Seawald's going to get most of the save situate situations for the Mariners. When Munoz gets used in the middle innings, they definitely will be saving Seawald. They won't be using Matt Brash in save situations. Obviously they can't use Castillo because he's literally not on the team right now. I do believe Paul Seawald's going to get most of the save chances and I'm going to fade. Somebody brought it up. Jose Alvarado. I just think that he's going to be used too often in high leverage situations and Craig Kimbrell is going to get most of the safe chances there enough to get some safe chances. Sure. But like if somebody's offering you one of the few set it and forget it closers and you can move Alvarez for one, Alvarado, excuse me, for one of those guys, I'm doing it. I like him a lot. I think he yeah. has the best stuff of any. I was a big Sir Anthony Dominguez fan. He just hasn't looked the same this year so far. I still think mm -hmm. he's got a chance, you know, to work into um, that high leverage role and maybe some save chances as well. But I do believe that Kimbrell is going to get most of the save chances for them down the stretch. And Alvarado is more of that high leverage guy who can help you in rates, but I'm not quite sure about in saves yeah there, i was writing up um tracking the munoz update because he was supposed to begin a minor league rehab assignment this weekend and no. didn't and then 
the Mariners GM, Justin Hollander, said uh, we're keeping him at the our spring training complex for now. He will begin this rehab assignment fairly soon. There's been no setback necessarily. Right. Uh, but I, there's some kind of reasons for concern there. And, yeah, I think That's... Seawald has a good opportunity to run away with that job. I'm I'm pretty frustrated by the, the Phillies closer situation. Oh, for sure. Uh, I, by the way, I'm not, a, I, yeah, I, I don't buy into Kimbrell is, I don't think you got necessarily are saying Kimbrell is like great, but he's going to be no. reserved for like ninth inning. Yeah, goals. absolutely. You're not using Kerry Kimbrell in your biggest situation in the eighth inning. Like the, that is a guy yeah. who at this point is kind of the Mark Melanson type thing, Drew, where he's like that guy. It is. Yeah, that's for the ninth that's inning. And that's, that's weird to say for a guy who was legitimately probably the greatest reliever I've ever seen in my life when he was at his best. And that it just goes to show you that relievers are uh, troublesome. By the way, Drew, you speak of closers with such disdain at your old job. Didn't you like literally have a column about closers? No, <laughs> I mean, I, I would update the, uh, the like bullpen. Uh, okay. Report. That's what I was thinking. Like, of. The, so, Tw- okay. twice a week but i've i eventually have abandoned that because it was it was killing me inside okay i will let everybody know that you want to bring that back uh thank you so much for well, everybody you- <laughs> I, let me just say I, I i started doing that i think this like revolution of the way that the closures are treated is relatively re- you know it's within the last four or five years sure and when that stuff started and it, it was really something that you had to track every single day Oh, gosh, and it's yeah. even more so now. Like, I was like, you know, I, I like doing this, but I don't like having to focus on, like, trying to mind read a manager and and having to, to think about who pitched the last two nights and who's possible. Like, it's a, it's a twenty four seven gig, um, and I I don't just don't have that kind of work ethic. Somebody asked a really quick question, uh, good question here, uh, because I went over this with Chris Towers of CBS on it. Uh, Brian Abreu or Ryan Presley? If you had to have roster one right now, which one are you doing? I think Presley will be fine. I think so, too. I will say, though, there's no safety bridge anymore for Presley. He does not have, because of how good Abreu has looked, how good Abreu has looked. It is something, if I could have both on my roster, if I had a bench spot to hide Brian Abreu, I would be all over that. I uh, really appreciate everybody joining. I, I, I sense some oh, frustration oh. with Dusty Baker, who's who's a, a reason why we like Presley so much is that um, Baker's a traditional man. He's an old school kind of guy, and he likes to sure. have a, a locked in ninth inning man. But I I don't know um, that might be changing. Um, uh, I, I but have for now, if, if if I have to pick one right now, I'm picking Presley. I have the same frustration with you that Dusty, I have with Dusty Baker because you just won't let me finish the flipping show. That's going to do it for us on Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast, brought to you by Rival Fantasy. Go to rivalfantasy.com or download the app today and start playing a far better brand of daily fantasy baseball. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at Crawford underscore MILB. Make sure you ask Drew all about closers at Drew Silve. Hit like and subscribe and leave a review if you enjoy what you're hearing. And remember, we have a new episode every single day during the 2023 season. We'll see you next time. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.